Hey guys, welcome to the Youth Fitness Podcast. Topics on youth fitness with a focus on doing what's best for kids. Brought to you by the Martin Family, the developers of the Brand X Method, and the Athlete Coach Network. Youth need great coaches now more than ever. Brand X has dedicated themselves to doing what is best for kids for over two decades and now offers mentoring, education, programming, and resources in one smart package to empower coaches to efficiently deliver world-class youth programs. Check out their plug and play options and join the Brand X family today. You plus Brand X equals youth program success. We're excited to welcome our friend, Guam footballer Jason Cunliffe, on the podcast today. Jason plays as both a midfielder and striker for the Bank of Guam Strikers and is the current captain of Guam men's national team. Jason first played for Guam's Timon Soccer Club at the age of five. He was also part of the Houston Texans team that won two youth national championships and was part of the 2001 Texans team that won the Brazil Cup. He played for the NCAA Division I men's soccer team, the Santa Clara University Broncos, including playing for its 2003 team that competed in the NCAA Final Four. He first represented Guam at the youth level for its under-16 national team, and since 2006, Jason has become a mainstay in the national team and has been captain since 2012. Welcome to the Youth Fitness Podcast. We are here with Jason Cunliffe, and I'm actually going to let Jason kind of introduce his background. I'm sure you guys heard that brief intro that we just uh, just played for you guys. But Jason, kind of kick us off with a little bit of your sports history and your background, and and we'll kind of ask some questions, I'm sure, along, along the way. Yeah, thanks, Connor. I appreciate it. Great to be here with you guys. So I play professional football, currently the captain of the Guam men's national team, played Division I college, Santa Clara University in the Bay Area, went and played, had a small stint with the Houston Dynamo Reserves after that, played a bit in Belgium, in Denderloo with FC Dender, and then came home, started my family, and played here, and, and I've just been, over the last few years, getting into coaching and doing a lot of my coaching badges, diplomas, if you will, going through UEFA, the European Governing Body, while still playing, so just trying to, you know. So you don't have a lot on your plate. Yeah, yeah, not not too much, not too much. But as as you know, right? It's it's always always an opportunity to learn and grow, and and, and that's just part of the process for me. Yeah, awesome. Well, we're we're really excited to have you on. One of the things I think that you know, obviously, your sports history and your background is really interesting to us, coming from what you know what we do with the Brandex Method. But one of the interesting things too is you know how you kind of intertwine with the Brandex Method in a lot of the youth training that, that you're doing as well. So kind of speak to that a little bit. I, I'd like to kind of catch our listeners up with what you're doing with the, the youth in Guam. Yeah, you know, I'll just give them a brief kind of history of how I got into to Brand X Method and, and, and my introduction with you guys. So when I was in, in college, right, playing at Santa Clara, I was trying to, to find my edge. You know, at that level, the margins are so, so small. So every little variable that you can control can, can give you that that kind of up against your competition. So I got introduced to your dad, Jeff, for my for my first workout at your box back in in California, 
And uh, needless to say, you know, it, it was a simple one, but as soon as I was done, I knew right away, wow, you know, these guys are onto something. And from there, I got my, my level one CrossFit cert. I got my CrossFit kids cert with you guys. It was June 2008, I believe I did both of those. Um, came home shortly after that, after playing a bit, came home and actually opened my own box locally, CrossFit Guahan, in, in 2010. Just a garage gym. Had no intention of, of really coaching anyone, to be honest. It was more for myself and, and just being an athlete, right? Trying to learn as much as I could. Um, and, and that relationship grew and, and, you know, from just from that, that brief introduction and, and coming back and, and studying with you guys and learning from you guys and, and picking your brains, you know, my career took off and, and fitness, one of my strengths, you know, it's kind of, you know, you know, not to age myself here, but I, you know, 39, I'll be 40 in October. And that base that I got from you really helped me to still be playing at the highest level now. And, uh, you know, I have my three kids. I coach youth, youth football, youth soccer here locally, just volunteering. But also I was the head coach of the U-17 Guam men's national team for two years, just, just uh, resigned that position earlier this year. But yeah, the Brand X Method has been, you know, the base of all of my success as an athlete personally. And then with my kids, my, my personal kids, my children, and also the kids I coach, That's that's the basis for them. So everything that... Anytime a team comes in or new players come in, I work with a great team over at Custom Fitness and they, you know, they're in, they're in, everyone understands who you guys are and what you've done throughout your career and they know how, how it should, it works, you know, it works, it's great for the kids, it's great for their development and yeah, so that's, that's really where Brand X is in my life, it plays a big part in, in a lot of things I do both personally and, and with my coaching. Well, that's, that's, you know, obviously that's a, that's a cool thing to, to, to hear on, on our end. You know, obviously we kind of talked about it a little bit, but you know, I've, I have young kids as, as well. And it's interesting coming from, you know, background. You were a, a young man when you started doing, doing CrossFit and I was a teenager and, and now having, you know, kids of our own who, you know, are participating in, in functional training and, and learning, you know, just physical literacy and, and movement. It's cool to have, um, in my eyes, it's cool to have a perspective of, of how it's affected me in so many different places in my life. And to now see that as my, you know, my kids kind of starting that journey of really just pairing, you know, fitness as part of their lifestyle, whatever they want to do, you know. Kind of funny, my oldest is she loves art and reading and stuff that I, I, I was not as interested in. I was always the athlete going, going towards other, other, the next athletic challenge. But it's cool to see her now still have a love for fitness, but she expresses it in like unstructured play. Right. right. So like when we go outside, she loves fitness. She just doesn't love like, you know, structured sport. So it's, I bet I could climb that rope or I want to see if I can teach myself to do a, a pull-up or, you know, a number of, of challenges. And I wanted to kind of kind of ask you, you know, with, with your kids, do you see it manifesting this love of fitness in the same manner that it manifested for you with soccer and it's kind of a support for sports or in just different ways with each of them? You know, Connor, the, good, the great thing about Guam being so small is, you know, when you go to school, these schools teams these kids have to play multiple sports just because they don't have enough students um mm -hmm. 
in terms of that general fitness base, you know, we don't even realize we're doing it, but it's there and, it, and it's great, you know? And so, yeah. and yeah, my kids, you know, we live on an island, right? So we're in the water a lot, you know, hiking, just running outside. Fortunately, we've got a, you know, decent enough property where I've got a nice little yard. And just like you, you know, they're, they're climbing trees. My daughter's, you know, riding bikes, falling, getting back up, all these things. And, and, and just like you're talking about with your kids, it manifests itself just in their day-to-day lifestyle. And, you know, I see it, you know, my, my boys are getting older now and competing in, in football and soccer and they're, you know, they're actually participating with the Guam U14 team. And so my oldest, Zico, he's he's small. I, growing up, I was always the smallest in my class. So he kind of takes after me. I, I was a late bloomer, but he but he holds his own, you know, and, and, and I credit that to that that base, right? That That fitness literacy that they've, just grown up with, they really didn't have a choice, right? It's not something I forced on them, but because they're always around it, you know, they were with me in the gym, with me wherever I went. It's just something that they they knew since they were little. So, and then Marciano, my second, you know, when I took him to the tryouts, it was only supposed to be for at the time kids born in 2009, 2010, and 2011. So his brothers are 2010. And I just said, you know, they did everything together. So I didn't even tell the people, I just took him anyways. He's in 2012 and I made him try out. And, and they, they, they picked him, you know? And so, yeah, they picked him, you know? And, and honestly, I credit a lot of that to, to that, that base, just being active and, you know, being curious about it and, and, and me making sure I didn't make fitness a chore with anything. Right. And similar to my, my approach with them with, with football, right. It's not, I'm the dad, it's my passion, but I didn't want to force it on them. Right. But of course, (laughs) They started picking it up on their own. I say, hey, you guys, you guys want to do it? I'm here to support you. Anything you want. No, so it's been nice to see how it's kind of played into their lives individually. My daughter, same thing. She's, you know, she's actually she might be the best athlete out of the bunch when it's all said and done. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, she's great little swimmer. You know, super active. So yeah, like you said, it, it's super cool to see how it's kind of manifesting in their day to day lives. So it sounds to me like kids of Guam, unlike over here on. on mainland states where you guys still have kids go outside and play, still have them, you know, be really active, you know, kids coming into sport over here don't necessarily have the, the base to, to excel. And so, and then they want to be good at sports. So then they end up only doing that one sport and only being good at the movements that are involved in that one sport. And it's, it's problematic. You don't want, you don't seem to run up against that. When you're um, coaching kids as, o- as often over there? No, you know, especially, you know, football, right? Like you see it, it's a, it's a specialization sport. Like if you're not playing it, the qual- getting the quality training in, at the, you're not going to make it at the highest level. But that being said, like even the guy who I'm working with, I'm doing my uh, coaching courses with Raymond Brahein, you know, he's all about quality over quantity and he breaks it down in a very objective manner. But yeah, Guam's a great place. I grew up, I played volleyball in school. I played basketball. I ran track. Obviously, I played, I played football, you know, and then just the, you know, the free play, right? Like tag, you know, running outside, you know, whatever it is, you know, hide and go seek. Um, mm. yes, Guam is, is, is great in that regard. It's still, you know, fairly safe where you can, you know, let the kids go run out and you're not too worried, but it's, it's, yeah, it's great to see. And it's, it's quite interesting because. Again, because the size of our community, it's not something that we just thought of and we're like, hey, we need to make sure these kids are, are, aren't are specializing too early. So it's, it's 
I see it now as our athletes reach the higher levels across the board for such a small community, Jeff, we have amazing athletes, amazing athletes. And you see, we've got multiple guys in the UFC. We've got, mm-hmm. you know, guys winning jujitsu world championships, obviously football where we beat India, Turkmenistan and world cup qualifiers, you know, so we're, it's there. And it's just a matter now of at the higher levels when the kids do have to specialize, giving them that coaching and that, that proper guidance that top down guidance to give them the tools needed to really succeed. Awesome. Yeah. So, I'd like to hear a little bit more about the coaching of the, the U17 team that you coach and some of the, you know, cause, cause it's very interesting coaching that age group, right? Because you're talking about like being right on the edge of being an adult but still being very much a kid as far as their emotional and mental maturity. So, you know, we actually have, you know, one of the, the athletes that I coach, he is 18 and he took second at the, the CrossFit Games in 2018 in the 14-15 category. And then he qualified the last two years, but visa issues wasn't able to go to the games. Um, but He's, he's coming and staying and doing like a 30-day camp with us here in, in Houston. But one of the things that is interesting to me working with that age group is just, you know, there's a lot of life lessons that get taught alongside just the, the you know, physical coaching that you would do for, you know, an 18-year-old, 19-year-old, 20-year-old um, athlete. So I'd just love to hear kind of your perspective on coaching that age range and, and maybe some thoughts that you had after the two years you were coaching there? Yeah, you know, so before I took the the head coaching position, actually a majority of the group, about 14 to 15 of them, I I was already coaching for two or three years. So I, I oh, okay. for about 10, 11. And to see them grow, uh, you know, of course it's great to see them be successful on the pitch in the sport that we're working with, but to see them grow into into young men that, you know, are just good human beings is such a big part of it. But yeah, in, in football, right? Like we talk about being, knowing the tactical side of it and then being a man manager. And so a lot of them say, a lot of people say, you know, the best coaches, you can't, you can't be both. You have to be one or the other. And in my experiences with, with the Matau, the, the Guam men's national team, I've seen that. I've seen, I've had one coach who was best man manager I've ever played for. Anyone would run through a wall for him and the opposite end of a spectrum, another coach who was tactically brilliant, but was, was needed to work on his man manager. So it's quite interesting to see, see those. And then when I stepped into coaching, having to apply that with that age group, um, you know, in sports, right. It doesn't matter. You can, you can know as much as you want to know, but if the players don't want to play for you, if they don't buy in, you know, it's useless. So building, those relationships were such a huge part of it. And, you know, it, when I was coming up, it was coaches were, you know, it was a different, it was a different time, right? Coaches could be stern. They could, they could cuss, they could mean, and you, you had to deal with it. That was just, you, how it was. That, yeah. <laughs> you want to play and That's just what it was. And so, you know, nowadays, you know, for whatever reason, obviously kids. Are you saying we're soft now? Yeah. <laughs> it's different, right? It's different. Yeah. yeah and so it's funny. Cause I remember, when these kids were turning about 14, 15 and, uh, you know, I, again, I'd been coaching them for a couple of years, but I saw it. I saw, you know, that the, the switch where, again, they're turning into little men, kind of growing, figuring out, you know, who they are and trying to navigate that whole process. And I saw 
I literally had like the conversation. I remember the day with myself. I was like, okay, if you really want to get these guys and maximize their potential and help them reach their goals, you're going to have to approach this relation. The relationship side is so key. And so I just really, you know, big part of it is just caring, right? Like I, I of course, again, I want them to be successful in football, but I, I want them to, to lead good lives and be good people. So, you know, the fact that they know I care about them, their well-being of who they are as people obviously goes a long way. And, and you know, every day in kind of our, our setup, we come in, everybody has to greet each other, you know, COVID now. So it's not handshakes, it's fist bumps, right? So everyone fist bumps, you make eye contact. It's just teaching them that respect thing. But every time everyone comes up and they say, hey, coach, how you doing? You know, I ask them how school are things at home, you know, and you can tell with body language when some kids are having a, a rough day, you know, and it's like, I'll pull them aside during a water break and, you know, how you doing? Is there anything I, you know, I'm here for you. If you need anything, you know, you can, you can reach out. And so it's been great. And, you know, as much as I've helped them, bro, they've, they've helped me tenfold, you know, and just in terms of my development as, as a man and, and, and try to be even a better father and, and partner to the missus. So yeah, it's, it's, it's been brilliant, you know, and now I've got a couple of them actually training with me on the full men's team, you know, at 16 years old, really excelling and, and, and pushing me on the field. So, you know, as, as a coach, that's, you know, that's, the, that's one of the that's greatest, great. yeah. yeah, you want them to surpass you, right? That's the plan. Like they, I want them to be better than me. So, you know, they're not there yet, but they're, they're pushing. And they, got, <laughs> they got that chip on the floor. You're you not going to give it to them. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah never, never. Yeah. They got it. They yeah. got to earn it. But, yeah. but you know, it's, it's been great. And, and, you know, the, the, the fitness side of it is, is so big. Like one kid for, you know, his name's EJ Manabusin, great kid, not a big kid, but he's been with the program and they were doing brand X stuff every Sunday. So they train about three days a week and then we take them into custom fitness and they do, you know, the fitness literacy, um, and just get the base down. And so we went to Korea. Paju, which is right on the border of North Korea for camp in August. And he was one of two kids from the U-17 national team that got invited in. One was a goalkeeper and he was the only field player. And uh, we actually played against the Korean under-20 national team. And this little 15-year-old came in playing against. These, some of these kids are pros already, you know, that he's playing against. And, and if you want to talk about specialization, you know, the Koreans, the Japanese, they're hours out for maybe five, six, seven days a week they're training. And this kid stepped on. Wasn't nervous, wasn't scared, held his own, did re did really, really well. And, and you know, I, I when I look back at his development, Brand X was such a big part of that. Just just that basic general fitness to give him, you know, the strength, you know, everything necessary to be successful at this next level. That's awesome. I think it's yeah. it's, um, it's I think it's interesting. So often people go, it's black and white. Like either I have to be worried about their character, or I have to coach them really hard and make them, you know, great, great, and. Really great coaches are the people who um, you know can combine those two things, and I love some of the things you're saying because th those are things like we teach in the in our in our course that like you know when the kids are warming up, you're walking around and talk, talking to each one of them. What did you have for breakfast? How's school going? All of those things, trying to trying to understand, and then you know, kids either you know kids are are pretty aware. They understand whether or not that's fake or not. But I think yeah. being concerned or being aware that it isn't black or white, that we want them to grow up to be great athletes, but we want them also to be great people, both that's that's really important. I think above all, we want them to be great human beings. Right. And then know that, are great that athletes. this great human being has this opportunity <laughs> right. for a lifetime of fitness and right. health. Right. 
Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, I see some of my classmates and people that are even people old, you know, a couple years younger than me and in passing and stuff. And, you know, they always, they, they're like, man, you haven't aged a bit. You, you know, you're still doing it. And honestly, I credit that to just the mindset of, you know, once I, Jeff, once I got with you and I really started to go down, you know, the rabbit hole, so to speak, you know, well, I think it there's was, a, it's, it, I'm sorry. I interrupted. No, no, I just, it, you know, it, it really helped me to understand like how important the fitness side of it was just to leading a good life. You know, of course it was going to help my football, but just leading a good life is, is, is so important as a father, you know, I want to be able to play with my kids. I want to be able to, you know, be active with them. And that's been such a big part of that for me. That's been, I've been so grateful for, you know, I'm like, man, I, I'm so, I see some of my friends, they can't do it, you know? Yeah. On the topic of caring about your athletes, I, I'm wondering about time off and how you work that in or why with your athletes. Yeah, you know, we, we discuss load management with them a lot. I have a great high-performance coach um, who, we, you know, we talk with each other every day. So we, he knows what we're doing on the field, and then he's taking care of. We either do, depending on the day, they'll go in for about a 45-minute gym session with him, and then we'll come out and do about an hour, depending on, on the load. And we have some technology to, 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 you know, track what they're doing on, you know, whether it's the high performance running from the GPS, um, you know, distance covered. It's not too, we don't, we're not training so long where that's an issue. A lot of it is just, you know, what speeds are they getting up to and, and kind of, you know, what, what their, what their load is in school as well. We, tr we track, you know, what sports they're playing in school, what their, when their sessions are there. So we, we take all of that into account when we, when we, you know, start to create their, their six week cycle. Most of the stuff we do is, you know, I plan in six weeks when the matches are, when their school, what if they're playing school sports, when Christmas break is Easter break, you know, we try to take all of that into account and just try to make sure that no matter what, when it's time to play, we can, we can play with our strongest team because we're aware of all these things and making sure we're not overloading them. And the, te and the technology yeah, I, just in the 10 years it always, 15 yeah, years now crazy, that we've it? known each other has changed enormously so that you can right. do those things Start in a whole different way. Things, yeah. yeah, no, it's, yeah. I, mean, it's, I was just about to say tracking, tracking all of that information and having all of those um, indicators as a, as a coach is, is definitely a great resource, especially when working with that age group, because I found, especially with the, like the high performers in that age group, that they will lie about how they feel <laughs> in order to be able to train, right? Because yeah. they think that training more, training harder, training faster, you know, like even when they feel like crap, they think that that is actually going to get them further versus, you know, taking a day to, to rest or recover and that placing the same priority on rest, recovery, mobility, and all those things, and even just mental and emotional recovery and, and rest, like you said, you know, thinking about their school load and all that is something that at that age, as a coach, you really have to manage for them. And obviously you're teaching them to manage that themselves. But a lot of it sometimes is like, you know, you know I've found myself in many situations where I have to say like, no, you are not allowed to go train today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and what you are allowed to do is if you want to do two hours of mobility and stretching and, and foam rolling, you can go right ahead. Yeah. It's hard but enough. I, I think it's I hard enough to see you in the gym. It's yeah. hard enough for adults to understand that they don't get better in the gym. They get better right. when they're recovering. 
it's hard enough for an adult. I mean, 63, I still have to go like, you know, like I need to, this is a recovery day. And it's tough to talk that, talk your way through that. So it's way harder when we're working with our, with our teen athletes and our youngsters or even young, even into, into the early twenties. And competitors. And, particularly. And, and competitors, especially they, they feel like, and I'm sure you deal with this, Jason, where somebody feels like if they take a day off, their, their, their opponent's not taking a day off or the person who wants their spot isn't taking a day off. That's a tough thing for a, for a child or a youngster to, to really understand and, 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 and deal with. And coach has to be the one who kind of takes that on. Yeah. You know, and, and, and we try to, like you said, you're going to have the kids that you got to pull aside and say, look, you know, I know you want to train today, but you're, it's a, it's an active recovery. You know, you might be on a light bike for 15 minutes and then like, you know, foam rolling, stretching, you know, you can, you can walk, for 30 minutes and watch the session, you can help, you know, help your teammates by carrying water and, and, and being a good teammate and still staying active within the session and paying attention to what we're trying to accomplish tactically. But yeah, we, we got it. You, you find out the ones real quick who are the guys who are going to push the limit, you know? And, you know, again, it's like so many people are, are into the 10,000 hour rule and, you know, and it's just, you know, we just try to educate them. Like, you know, you guys can be successful Again, it's, it's quality over quantity, you know, and, and re- referencing uh, Raymond Verheyen again. It's really funny how his, you know, his methods literally dovetail perfectly with Brand X in terms of load management and periodization and making sure that you're, you're getting the best out of your athletes and not, you know, especially the kids, right? He, he actually has done a bunch of studies. I'll share them with you guys later with, with Dutch footballers at some of the pro, pro teams over years and, and showed. You know, again, because Holland, right, they're a huge footballing nation. They're trying to get kids to train five days a week. He's like, no. He's like, three days a week, you know, hour, hour and a half session over two hours. Just make sure the session's quality, you know, and everything else has to be managed. And, and, and you know, we're, we're, we're tracking their load and making sure that we're not ruining these kids, you know, lives later on when, you know, whatever they're, whether it's a ligament or, you know, heaven forbid, you know, an ACL, whatever it is. We're making sure that we're not putting them in a situation where they're training too much and later on it's going to cost them, right? Not not when they're with us, but years down the line when that load just becomes too too unbearable mm-hmm. for their bodies to manage. Yeah. yeah. One of the, the quotes that, that sticks out to me with that is something that my dad used to say all, all the time to me was that, you know, there's, there's that quote that says practice makes perfect. And he would always say, you know, practice makes permanent. Perfect practice makes makes perfect. And you have to be mentally and physically able to practice perfectly. And if you're not men- mentally or physically able to practice perfectly, then you might as well do something to get yourself back to the ability to practice perfectly. And that always stuck with me, right? Because it, it doesn't mean you know, hammer your head into a wall a thousand times, right? It means, you know, get your body physically and, and everything ready to practice perfectly. If you can't, then... You need to get to that place so you can. Yeah, last thing you want to do is not be able to play, right, at the end of the day. And if you push yourself too far, that's what's going to happen, right? And, and you see, you know, some of these these chronic injuries that some of these younger kids are, are getting earlier in their careers. You know, it, the sad thing is it's so preventable, right? It's so preventable yeah. with management. But, you know, some of the pressures of, of whether it's their family life or just society in general or, you know, seeing you know, their dream of watching the Premier League and wanting to reach it and just not having the, the right people around them to guide them properly. You know, those are the sad stories, right? So we try to we try to do our best to really help these kids so that, again, yes, reach your goal, be professional, play collegiately, but end of the day, we want you to be healthy, right? Be healthy, happy, good people. 
books. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I love the, the mindset of what, what you're saying. We have a, call it, we call it a methodology or a, or a philosophy we call base build boost. And when we're talking about teaching somebody something, you know, base is teaching kids in our, in our, in our world, teaching kids how to control their own body and space and where their body is in relation to other things. And in build, we're teaching them how to move well and trying to get them strong. And then in boost, we're actually training. We're taking, and everybody wants to be in boost. Everybody wants to be down here. Like, you know, I came in the gym and now I want to start to train. I want to train really hard. And I want to do this. But all the hard work to maximize what goes on down in boost happens in base and build. Like, you know, teaching kids to, to control their own bodies, teaching them to be aware of how, of, of how they feel and, and all of those things. All of that happens in those, um, in the boring phases, the, the, the base and the boost. But that's that's where you make the, the make the the winners, the people who, who who never have the injuries, the people who can keep, who can understand their own body and take advantage of their genetics and move on for you know, for years and years and years. Yeah, exactly. You know, a big part of that, obviously, as you get older, and these, again, as these kids get more competitive, right, is is teaching them to remove the ego, right? Like, hey, I, this is what you want to do. You see it. I know what you're capable of, but. Like we said, today's an off day, you know, so just remove the ego, understand this is going to help you long term and you'll be better for it, you know. So I want to, that's a perfect segue because something I've been wanting to ask you the whole time that we've been, <laughs> been here is we originally met, you came up to, came up to Brandon's actually kind of described what occurred. What I remember was, you know, you're a top level athlete, you come in, you're working out and and fast you know, I could wind. see, I could see fast as the wind, but I can remember seeing that, that look in your eye where it was like, I'm getting, I'm getting hammered here. And then, you know, and, and that's for, for a top level athlete, that's, that's scary. First of all, like what's going on? I, I should be able to conquer this. And, and then you got hammered and there's two ways that people go with that. Number one is they, they make excuses and they go like, well, whatever. And then there's the, the humility, the humbleness to come like, a, like, wow, there's something here I need to fix and change, which is what you did. And, and I've always remembered that as a, as a key point, like, you know, I remember that Jason coming in and going like, wow, I need, there's a hole here I need to fix. And one of the things I think makes great athletes and makes great people is that they, they're constantly looking at what, how they can get better and what they can do to, to get better. And I'm wondering, you know, do, do you think you can teach that? Do you think you can teach that to kids? You know, that, that's, that's, a teachable that's quality? Is that a teachable quality? Yeah. Because, because it was essential to my impression of you when you, when you came in. Like I've watched so many, you know, high level athletes come in, get hammered and I never see them again, never hear from them again. And then there's the opposite of a high level, really high level athlete coming in, understanding that he's got this hole, fixing that hole and coming out on the other side so much better and incapable of playing into, you know, to almost 40 years old. That's amazing. Yeah. You know, that's a, that's a great question, Jeff. And I'm just, you know, I remember going in like it was yesterday. Yeah. And I remember you, you, I remember the workout. I remember, you know, well, what, was it? what was it? Tell us, uh, you know, uh, too? I, would, yeah, I think I did. It was like five ring push-ups, maybe three pull-ups and the 200 meter uphill yep. run, you know, and uphill both like, ways. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> originally he's like, okay, we'll do five rounds. But after three rounds, I, t- I was like, I am spent, you know, of course, when you go in and he's like, Hey, I want you to do your best, you know? I was intimidated. I wanted to impress this guy, you know what I mean? And so I, I did. I went all out, gave my everything, you know, and yeah, I was spent. And, and I had the conversation in my head. I remember it, you know, I was like, oh, like you said, like 
this is this is something because I'm a Division One, you know, collegiate athlete playing at, at the highest level in, in the states for my sport, and I'm struggling, you know. And you know, and, and to to your question, can you teach it? You know, I, I I think you can. You know, I think you can. Obviously, it's you know, it's a lot of conversation. It's a lot of you know, putting them through the paces and letting them understand. You know, again, what is the long term goal? How are we going to get there? You know the best way possible and the most efficient way possible. But I think they have to have that kind of experience though. You know, I think it has to be where they're pushed to almost that limit where it's like you're almost broken and you're like, okay, if I think I'm so great now, I got to, how do I, how do I really improve to get to where I want to go? And, and, and I, you know, I, I do think environment obviously matters. Environment helps coming from Guam being such a small island and, and community, having to play against some of these bigger countries with vastly more resources, financial and human. We growing up, we took our licks, you know. I, I mean, I've been on, you know, the end of some bad, bad losses, and I've always had to, you know, dust myself off and, and go again. And so I think that obviously definitely helped because I love football so much. That's it's what I've always wanted to do. I wasn't gonna let, you know one loss, you know, stop me or, or, or make me consider quitting. It just drove me to, to try and go further. And then, you know, what can I do to, to improve? And, and yeah, but I think you can, you know, I, I definitely think you can, but it will take some work. Can I tell a, a cute little story? During our Kempo classes, there was a time that, that as in a lot of martial arts, once in a while, there was sort of a bit of a lecture on, you know, the efforts that were given. And I remember Jeff, I had to give one of those lectures, and there were some youngsters in this class, maybe, I don't know, early teens at that point, and after class, they said to him, Sifu Jeff, you cannot make us hate Kempo. <laughs> so that what that brought up was the whole idea of trust and, and knowing that your leader, your captain, your coach has your best interests in mind and is always doing what they believe is best for you. And and Connor gives a great talk in our course on that idea of building trust with those athletes. And 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 you know it that you're doing it because you're successful. Well, let's it's walk that, let's that walk doing. that back. Those two those two little girls. They yeah. were two they were two little girls. You can't make us can't make us, us. Hate, can't That's make right. us hate Kempo. And those two little girls were started with us when they were four and five, all the way through high school, went off to both of them went off to college. Both of them tried out for a sport that they'd never played before in college, made the team, and one graduated from MIT and one graduated is graduated from UCLA. But there is a, a tension, I think, between the humility to accept that I've got holes I need to, and and the aggression needed to <laughs> to succeed. Yeah. And it's, it's a, unique I think humility humility without that without that without that other side ends up you know, well, I, I can't move forward. And the aggression without right. the humility ends up, well, we've seen a lot of, we all know what that looks like. Right, right. Yeah, you definitely have to have a bit of that hunger, right? That desire yeah. and, and kind of, again, coming from Guam, you know, a lot of our athletes, we carry that chip on our shoulder, you know, because of we are the small island, you know, like we're, we're, no one expects us to, to do anything, you know, and, and that's kind of how you know, we used to step on the field. People would just kind of look across and, you know what I mean? Like, oh, this is a, a stat builder game, you know, and I, you know, I would take that personally and maybe it was for them, but I would make sure by the end of the 90 minutes, they remembered, you know, who we were in that match. Right. So <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, no, yeah. Yeah. I thought it was interesting. You know, you, you mentioned that 
you in teaching that concept of having a resilient mindset, right? Where you can, you can overcome and you want to push through things is something that has to be not only taught, but experienced, right? Because that, that's something that I think I've seen with even just in my own training, right? Through the years, as well as training, especially young athletes, right? Because, and especially the very gifted and talented athletes, right? Because a lot of the time up until the point they've experienced that, they've never experienced it in any sense up until that moment, right? And then it's this moment of what's happening. I've always been able to do this, right? Or I've always been able to win, right? And I can't now. And I think as a coach, there's like a very small window of opportunity that surrounds that moment where maybe you've had discussions with them prior to that moment, but the discussion that happens immediately following that moment is what kind of directs them to taking a different mindset towards adversity in the future, for sure. So I just thought it was really interesting that you mentioned that it has to be experienced. Because I've I've definitely, I've definitely seen that as well. You know, I don't think it's something you can just, you know, impart on somebody and then they can go, cool, cognitively, I get it. And then physically apply it until it's, it's happened to them. Yeah, no, 100%. And, and, you know, sometimes, especially in a small community, like, like WAM, you know, you have these, these great athletes and they get away with some of these things as they grow, you know, and it just takes that whether it's and some of them they you know they they just dominate in training and you can see them kind of you know get a little cocky a little arrogant and mm-hmm. you know that those, those are the moments when i say all right i'm in now i'm playing you know and and you know i do and they they appreciate it right because i they, you're playing against me i'm the captain of the national team you're really going to see what it is what the standard is and and I'm not going to take it easy on you, you know. And so for some of them, very special cases, some of them they have to they have to have it because unfortunately, again, they're they're the cream of the crop in this small population. So you know, I gotta I gotta pull them aside and then just kind of humble them real quick. But right after, like you said, it's that immediate conversation after, right? It's again now it's that arm around that shoulder, you know. Hey, great job, you know. You're really pushing. You're really, you're really doing well. Keep working, and and you know, just kind of, kind of have that motivation and be that that friend again after you kind of humble them, right? So no, it is. You only grow. Yeah. You only grow through effort and, and in conflict. Like that's the only, that's it. You know, you don't grow through you don't grow through easy things, and we fail at the margins of our experience. So, so if we've never failed on the field, and we never you know had conflict on the field, and never had conflict. It, that's where we, and then we suddenly hit it. We fail. Mickey showed me an article a couple of years ago about kids who do kids, exceptional scholars in, in school going off to schools like Harvard, where all of a sudden all of the school, all, all the kids are exceptional and how right. many of them fail and have depression and drop, and, out. and drop out. And, and it isn't because they can't do it. It's because they've never experienced that conflict and that, Just not that challenge. And so it is our responsibility as a coach when you have that exceptional athlete to show them those margins and where they are. And, and that's how you push those margins out further. But right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's funny that, you know, this conversation came up in, in this, you know, the, like I was talking about, I trained an athlete who participated 
in the games as a teenager. And he came and stayed with us last year as well. And when he came and stayed last year, the first workout I had him do when he showed up was 100 D-ball cleans with a 100-pound ball. And where he was at, he just didn't have access to a lot of odd object training. He had standard process equipment. So when we got here, I said, you know, we're going to get you really strong in all of the things that are going to come up at the games that are going to trip you up. And basically just had a complete meltdown. You know, did 50 and was grabbing his back and laid on the ground. And so he ended up finishing the workout. And I said, have you ever seen the Terminator? <laughs> and, and I was like, this might date me, but, you know, you, the Arnold Schwarzenegger Terminator shows no no emotion, you know? And I was like, you need to watch that movie. And I want you to, to watch how he goes through through everything. And the most terrifying thing is that he's never showing any emotion when he's hurt. Right. So I said, you know, you might be in the most pain that you will ever be in in the middle of a workout. But the only way the guy that can, you know, the guy that's next to you can actually beat you is if you show it. Right. So, so just, we got to get this effort of, you know, you can rest, you can recover, but pretend like you're fine during those moments. And it's funny, he did the workout two weeks later and he PR by seven minutes. And it was all just standing there. And I mean, he literally did not get physically better in two weeks. You right. know, it was just the mentality of, oh, I can endure this. And if I have a posture of endurance, then I'll keep going. So it's an interesting thing, you know. Yeah, I, you know, to, to that, Connor, I, exactly. I think, you know, it's, it's great as a coach when you see your, your athletes unlock that, right? When you know, you know they're capable of it. They're just unaware. And when you put them through that and you see them unlock that next level for themselves, that's, you know, that's such a great feeling for, for your athletes, right? You're so happy for them. Like, okay, now look at what you're going to be able to do, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Jason, what's your path now for your certifications you're getting and the, as you're moving up in the, in the ranks with the, with the organization? I know we've missed you twice, I think, by a week in Ireland. When you went to, uh, <laughs> like, you're going to be there this week? No, we're going to be there the week before or the week after or something like that. Yeah, so I started doing my coaching licenses in 2017. So how it's done in football is, you know, they want to have some sort of standardization so that we make sure that the players are being taught correctly, right? And so each kind of region has their own license. So Asia is AFC, Europe's UEFA. CONCACAF is North America, but UEFA is the the gold standard, right? You have a UEFA license, coaching license, you can coach anywhere in the world. Literally, if you go to get a job, it's whether whatever region it is, if it's AFC, they'll say AFC A license, AFC Pro, or UEFA. Same in the States. With that in mind, I, I you know, again, I like anything and I want to push myself, I want to be the best I can be at whatever I'm, I'm doing. And so I said, okay, how can I get over to Europe for a course? I got to get accepted. I started doing some supplemental stuff. And so I was in UEFA in Ireland for my, my UEFA B in 2018 and 19. And then I started my UEFA A course in 2021 in Cork. And then I just completed that October 2022. So I had to travel across four times over the course of the year. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's definitely a, a lot. But again, if you want to, you know, you want to be the best, you got to, you got to make some sacrifices. And so 
So now I actually just have to turn in one more session, 11 v 11 session, which I finally have the players to do it. It's, I'm scheduled to do it Tuesday. And once I film that and turn that in, I'll, I'll be done with my UEFA and have that. And funny enough, congratulations. I... That's yeah, awesome. Congratulations. So we, the Guam Football Association, recently they just announced the vacancies for the head coaching position for, for the senior team, the U20s and the U17s. And so I actually, I applied to be for the head coaching position of the senior team and the U20s. I just had my interview a couple of weeks ago. They said they actually, I got a message a couple of days ago saying the executive committee met and voted on it and I, I'll be, be notified sometime this week. I think they're just going to send something out in the mail. So you know, fingers crossed, I'll get the position. And, and, you know, one of the questions was, Jason, so if you're, if you, if you get the position, are you ready to retire as a player? And you know, I told him, I was like, no, nah, why should I retire? You know, I said, if I'm still the best player, you know, and, and obviously, you know, being a player coach is, is not unprecedented in, in, in football. I think the most high profile one of, as of late was Wayne Rooney. He was doing it at Derby County in England up to a couple seasons ago. Obviously, you need to have an assistant coach who you communicate well with, you know, you're on the same page and have a good understanding. And so that's that's kind of what's up. We'll see if I if I get the gig or not. I'll keep you guys posted. But, you know, that's that's kind of the next step for me. And I'm excited because this year we'll, we'll start World Cup qualifiers again in October. And it would be you know, pretty, pretty cool to be able to, to be at the helm of the team and, and, you know, kind of take them where I feel like we can go. Cause I, we're so much more capable of what we've shown, you know, there's still a lot of potential in our footballers and our athletes across the board. I've, I've always told you guys that, and I feel like, you know, there's still a lot for us to accomplish. And so I feel like I'm, I'm the guy to, to take us to that next step. And, you know, so, so let's see, I want to challenge myself and see what we can do. I love that. Well, you that's have awesome. Good luck. Yeah. And, and winner's attitude. That's right. For sure. Thank you for coming on with us. Thank you so much. Is there is there somewhere where people can follow you or a best place? Yeah. Yeah. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. Instagram is where I post, you know, most of my stuff. I think if you search my name, it'll pop up. Jason Cunliffe, my, my tag should pop up. I can but, put uh, it in the show notes as well. Yeah. 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 I'll get you guys that information. But yeah, you know, it's interesting for me because nowadays there's not many things, right? When, when you can say this is a first or, you know, I'm, I'm the first to do something. So as I'm getting older, people ask me all the time, like, so when are you going to stop? You know, like, are you, how you feeling? You got to be getting your knees, ankles, whatever. Got to be, you know, you got to be feeling it. You know, I feel like they're waiting for me to talk about, I'm, I'm like, I still feel great guys. You know, like I said, like earlier, Connor, like these boys got to take my position. Like, I'm not going to give it to you. You know, <laughs> my, my dream is that there's 11 players who can represent Guam who are better than me, you know, like that's, that's my dream, you know, and, and mm-hmm. when, we get, when we get there, great, but we're not there yet. So, you know, these guys gotta, gotta keep working. That's, that's awesome. fantastic. Thank you. It's been great. Great having this conversation, Jason. Ah, it's been a long time coming. It's great to, to catch up with you guys. You know, you guys have all played a big part in, in who I am as a person and my development as, as an athlete, as a, and as a coach. So yeah, you know, I'd love to be on and it's great catching up and hopefully I can come out and visit you guys in the state sometime soon. You're welcome. Yes. Welcome to visit anytime. Sometime in the wintertime. Always welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't want to do the summer Sometime here. in the wintertime you want to. <laughs> yeah. good, good talk to you, Jason. Welcome to the Athlete Coach Network, a new connection-based training platform that breaks down regional barriers and connects coaches and athletes anytime, anywhere. You're an athlete and love to push yourself. Who's guiding you? 
As an athlete, you can filter and search our library to find the perfect coach. Or sign up for a membership to get video feedback and comments from our coaches all over the world. As a coach, you can set up your profile and advertise your credentials, set your own price for video reviews, or direct messaging to ensure your rates reflects the value of your time. Welcome to the Athlete Coach Network, and welcome to the future of sports coaching. That was the Youth Fitness Podcast, topics on youth fitness with focus on doing what's best for kids. Brought to you by the Martin family, the developers of the Brand X Method and the Athlete Coach Network. We hope you guys enjoyed that episode and you listen for more.